Don't neglect Torah, heaven forbid. Make sure to teach it to your kids. The effort spent in Torah is well worth the return. So get started because there's always more to learn. Okay, so this week I will be continuing in Shmir Lashon, Shara Torah, and uh, this time talking about Perak Zion, the, the seventh chapter. So the Chavetz Chaim continues in Shmir Lashon and is talking about the importance of teaching Torah to your children. He quotes the Midrash in Mishlei. It says, Rabbi Yishmael, he says, on Yom Hadin, there will be a judgment against the entire world, and um, and you'll be asked in Hashem's presence. They'll say, "You'll say, okay, well, I know Chumash, but then they'll ask, but what about Mishnah?" And if the person doesn't know Mishnah, um, Hashem will turn away his face and allow Gehenim to overtake this man, or someone knows two to three Sadarim of Mishnah. But Hashem asks, well, why didn't you learn all of the halachos? And again, uh, that will be a question. Or someone knows all the halachos, but Hashem asks, well, why didn't you know Torah's Kohanim? Or the person knows Torah's Kohanim, but he says, well, why didn't you know all of Chomish? Or the person knows Chomish, but why didn't you know Agada? And maybe the person knows Agadita, but then why doesn't that person know Talmud? And if he knows Talmud, well, why didn't you learn about what the Merkava, what the Holy Chariot looks like or what the angels look like. So basically the point is that um, the Midrash and Mishle, according to Rabbi Shmuel, is he says that there will be this sort of day of reckoning, reckoning then Yom Hadin, um, that will be asked, okay, what do you know? And anything we know, there's going to be areas of Torah we don't know. And we'll be questioned, well, why didn't you work to study those? Uh, definitely a scary thing to think about. All the All the many, many facets of Torah, it's really endless. And you'll sort of be asked about each individual aspect of, okay, well, you had the chance to learn it, why didn't you? Um, interesting perspective. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says, woe unto us that don't even keep our kids learning beyond a little bit of Chumash. So this story started, the person knows all of Chumash, he just doesn't know Mishnah. Uh, so the Chavetz Chaim says, we don't even know Chumash, so that's even worse. Um, in Yeridea, um it says that if a father has the resources, it's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah to teach his son Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, Gadita. So you might think, well, I don't have the resources, so I don't have to teach my son all those things. However, the Chavetz Chaim says that's probably just the Yitzhar Hara talking. That's probably just the negative influences talking there because for any other business venture, the person does have enough money, would support his son in that, um, would even risk his son for, you know, would even risk his own life for the property of his son. However, um, maybe would even violate halacha to make money for the, the, for his for his own kids. However, when it comes to putting the resources down to learn Torah, somehow or other we don't have the resources. So that's what the Chavetz Chaim says that we should question ourselves. You know, we're willing to go so far and and work so hard in other areas of life for our children. Yet, for when it comes to learning Torah, we we don't work that hard. Why is that? Um, Midrash Esther Rabbah says you work your entire day without being tired, but when it comes time to daven, you're tired. So this is basically what effort what effort are you giving to learn Torah, to daven, etc.? Are you kind of giving the, the, the shirayim, the extras, the the scraps, or is that going to be you know prime time that you're not you're not tired because you're not tired the rest of the day? So why why is it only that you're tired in those moments? 
Now, in Beitza 16a, it says um, that income for the entire year is determined between the time period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. However, there's a couple exceptions. There, um, The exceptions are money spent for honoring Shabbos and money spent on teaching your kids Torah. So in those two categories, the money that you spend on Shabbos and, teach, and teaching kids Torah is not kind of included in the income. So basically what that means is that if you hold your kids back from education or if you don't honor the Shabbos, either one, but this is specifically about educating kids. So if you hold your kids back from education, then you'll just end up having less income overall. Not that you um, will, not that you'll lose money, uh, right, that, that you'll just end up having income less income overall because your income was set excluding the aspects of spending money on your kids. So you could spend almost unlimited money, according to this Mishnah, on, on your kids. Again, I don't know if you should try this at home, but at least according to Beitza 16a, it says that this works, that you could spend an unlimited amount on Shabbos and honoring your kids, and that would be acceptable. Um, now, Kedushin 30a says, anyone that teaches his son Torah, it's as if he got it's as if that person received the Torah directly from Har Sinai. Why? Because in Devarim it says, um, make this known to your kids and your, your kids' kids. And on that day, and then the very next Pasuk says, on that day you stood before Hashem on, on Har Sinai. So if you make the Torah known to your kids and your grandkids, it's as if on that day you got uh, the Torah on Har Sinai. Now, also the Torah will lengthen your life. It says, Laman Yirbu Yamechem Vimeh. Um, that uh, it'll lengthen your days and the days of your sons. Now, in Tana Develiahu Zuta, it says, um, even in Am Haaretz, a totally ignorant person that educates his children, his kids will rescue him from the disgrace of the judgment in Gehenna. So even if a person is totally ignorant and does a lot of sins, his kids have the ability, if they're educated in Torah, to uplift even that, that person that didn't know anything. Um, a story is given then, um, a long story, um, in Ridrish Rabbah and on Rus. Um, so the Chavetz Chaim quotes this Midrash Rabbah, or this, sorry, this Midrash on, on, on Rus. It says, um, Rabbi Zamira, he went to Kfar Ono and he saw a certain volcano there with lava erupting out of it. And he put his ear to the ground and he heard a bunch of voices. So an Arab came by and told him, come with me, I'll show you all these wondrous things that are hidden away from humankind. So he went with a certain Arab and um, he saw other volcanoes. He saw, he heard more voices. He heard one voice saying, oy vey, oy vey. Um, it, and Reb Zemira said, this must be the, the gateway to Gehenna, the gateway to hell. So the Arab somehow disappeared, left him, and he saw a man shouting that, that was shouting, oy vey. He was being taken into a deep flaming hole. Um, into into the depths of Gehenim. So Rabbi Zemira, he fell asleep and he saw this man in his dream. And he asked him, where are you? Who are you? So the, the, uh, the man said, I'm a wicked Jew and not a single sin existed that I didn't do. I did every single sin that was in the book. So he said, well, what's your name? So then the man responded, well, those that are being punished in Gehenna can't remember their name. They don't have a name. And I've heard this as a nice idea generally, that one of the most important things we can think of is our identity. Who, who are we really? Not just our name, but who are we fundamentally? And so it's saying in those that are punished in Gehenna don't have a sense of identity. They can't remember who they are. Um, so he says, well, where are you from? So the man responds, well, I'm from the Galilee. I was a butcher there. And they judge me three times in the morning and three times at night. 
So Rabbi Zemira asks, well, did you have any sons? So the man responded, yes, I did. So Rabbi Zemira went to Galilee. He heard a boy saying, a Pasuk in Mishli that says, if you search for me like you do for silver and gold, then you'd understand your Hashemayim, then you'd understand the fear of heaven. If you look for God as if he was as, as hard as you search for for silver and gold, then you'll truly understand the, you know, the value, the merits of fear of God, fear of heaven. Now, he asked this kid who was saying this Pasuk, which again, not totally sure how this is related, the fact that the kid was saying the Pasuk, but he asked the kid if he knew, if he's heard of this wicked man that did every single sin in the book. So the kid said, yes, I have. And he said his, th- this guy's son is also just as wicked as this man, but he's still alive. He lives near the slaughterhouse. So Rabbi Zemira, he found this person's son and he, the, the person's son that was being, you know, that his, whose dad was being tortured, he found his son and he taught him Torah to know the Tanakh, to know how to daven. He taught him, and then, and once he knew that, then he taught him Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, Gadita, until this man became very, very wise and even he became a rabbi. He became Rabbi Nachum HaPakuli. And what, where does the word pakuli comes from? It comes from um, paku palalia. Um, so paku palalia is, means to, to pull out a criminal, meaning this guy was able to pull out his father from the depths of Gehenim because he was, um, he was able to, like I said, in that, in, in that town of Hazuta, um, quoted that even an arts, even a sinner or an ignorant person that educates his kids, his kids will rescue him from disgrace. So, so too here, that's what happened. That's what's happening. Basically that this guy who became his son became a great sage. He ended up pulling him out, pulling his father out from, from the depths of uh, Gehenna. Now the continuation of the story is the dad came back to um, Rabbi Zemira in a dream and he said that as soon as his son knew Kriyachama, then they took him from judgment every morning and every night. So they stopped judging him. And then once his son went to Yeshiva, then they took him away from Gehenna entirely. And then once he became a great rabbi, they gave him, they gave the dad a kise hakavod, the, a holy chair, right? In, in Gan Eden, a holy throne. And each chidosh, each novel insight, each, um, something new that he said on the Torah. So they gave him a new crown. So the dad said, praiseworthy is a person that teaches a child to toil in Torah because of this, because of Reb Zemira and because of his efforts to educate his son. Um, he brought the dad out of uh, torture. Now, Tana Devei Eliyahu says that a similar story that he saw, there, there, um, that Reb Yochanan ben Zakkai saw a dead man that was collecting wood saw some sort of ghost or something collecting wood. So the dead man told Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai um, that him and his friend both did a sin, and he said, the wood that I'm collecting is going to burn my friend. Is We're going to light it on fire and burn my friend. And the word, then the wood that my friend is, is collecting, that is going to go and burn me. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai found this guy's son, and at, the mo- at that moment, the son was five years old, and he taught the five-year-old to say Barchu at Hashem Hamavorich. And when the son said this, when the son learned what that meant, um, then the dad was released from his punishment. Now Midas Hadin, the 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 sort of the um, 
judgment from the sort of the uh, the, the meter of judgment, the, the harsh judgment, asks God, why do you favor the Jewish people? Because it's it's a known rule that Hashem doesn't favor doesn't have favorites, doesn't favor people. So um, Hashem defends himself and says, well, it's because they gather to learn Torah. And not only that, but they teach, they, they pay people to teach their kids Torah. And that's why I favor them. Now in the Zohar, it says that an announcement will be heard throughout all of heaven of someone that took his kids away from learning Torah, that they're going to be lost in this world and in the next. And specifically, the Chavz Chaim criticizes people that take away their children right after Bar Mitzvah age, that basically they're going to be ignorant of the deeper depths of Torah and miss out on lots of opportunities to develop themselves if you take them out after the Bar Mitzvah age. Now, the Chavz Chaim says that a person will rationalize. A person will say, why do I need to teach my son any Torah? He's not going to be a rabbi. Um, but the Chavz Chaim says this is a terrible implication. If the reason why you wouldn't teach your children is because they're not going to be a rabbi, it implies that if you're not a rabbi, then there's no need to learn the mitzvot, to, to know how to serve Hashem. The, the Torah, it says, illuminates, and without it, you're like a blind person in a world full of traps, and you are confused by the mitzvahs, and you're confused by the sins and what the guidelines are. Even the mitzvahs that you performed are not going to be done correctly. For example, the tefillin, Chavaz Chaim says, the, are the boxes perfectly square? Are there black straps? Is, is it behind, is the shel rosh behind the hairline? Is the shel yad too low on the bicep? Um, for Kriyat Shema, for example, there's also a lot of rules. Do you think about God's sovereignty? Are the words precise? Is it said at the right time? All these different things, if you don't know the rules, could be performed incorrectly out of ignorance. Midrash Vayikra Rabbah says that a person gets reward, um, gets when 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 the per, when a person gets the reward that he gets from learning Torah, he'll have to recall. And, and for doing the mitzvahs, they'll have to recall how he performed each each mitzvah. And every kind of incorrect thing that he did, he'll realize that he was ignorant on. Um, and, and that I guess those are like sort of in the end of days, the person will have to think back to every mitzvah he did and realize all the mistakes that he made in that, in that mitzvah. If he knew how to do it right, wouldn't have made as many mistakes. Now, Menachos 37a teaches that just like to fill and shell rosh that are worn at the high point of the head, the shell yad is also worn at the high point of the arm, like in the upper inner bicep. Now, the box should be entirely, the shell roche box should be entirely behind the hairline. And as far as the shell yad, um, like I said, that should be on the upper part of the bicep. So the Chavis Chaim says that very oftentimes a person will keep their sleeve on, like a heavy jacket, and the sleeve will push the tefillin down, and it won't be in the correct spot. So he said it's better just to take the sleeve off entirely. Um, and the Chavetz Chaim also says, don't wear too big of boxes for tefillin because too big of boxes, it's hard to have that behind the hairline and not too loose. And sometimes even though too big boxes are look nicer, if they're too big, they're going to be harder to wear correctly. It's better to wear smaller ones correctly than bigger ones incorrectly. Now, prior generations, they all taught their kids how to learn Torah, but and and those kid those those prior generations they didn't expect every single one of their kids to be a rabbi, um, and the proof for that is in Midrash Kohelet it says a thousand students will go to the base Midrash a hundred of those thousand will master Mishnah ten of those thousand will master will master Gemara and only one out of a thousand will be an an ish will be a guttle will be someone that is worthy of following a leader 
only one out of a thousand will be a leader. So then the Chavetz Chaim says, then what's the point of teaching? Basically, if only one out of a thousand is going to be a leader, what's the point of teaching the other 999? So the Chavetz Chaim says, that's obvious. The other 999, they learn a little bit of Mishnah, they learn a little bit of Gemara, and that's wonderful that we shouldn't discount even the little strides, even the worst student is still learning something. And even that is well worth it. He says, even that worst student will very likely set kavua times, will set um, will set established times to, to learn Torah. And even if those times are not during the week, if he only has time on Shabbat, at least it will be during on Shabbat. And even without, um, the Chavetz Chaim says, even though we don't have Eretz Yisrael, and this was written before we had the land of Israel, yet we still practice Judaism. And this largely comes from our learning. Uh, and the Chavetz Chaim says it's cruel not to teach your children Torah, that maybe you think teaching your children Torah is so hard, it's so laborious, it's so difficult, it's nicer to them for them not to learn it. However, he says, no, it's cruel. If they don't have the tools, that's that's cruel to them. And it's like, it's as if you're burying your son, the Chavetz Chaim says, as if you're kind of killing him alive if you don't teach him Torah, because Laman Yirbu Yemechem, that you can lengthen your days if you and your son's days if you teach them Torah. Now, as long as your kid, as long as a kid depends on his father, the father should do something to try to support his Torah learning. In Shabbos 32b, it says that children die because a father neglected Torah. However, the opposite's also true, that your life is extended when you uh, support the Torah. Now, to recap what I spoke about, this was in the seventh parak of Shemir Lashon Shara Torah. So the Chavetz Chaim quotes a midrash in Mishlei, where he says that uh, Rabbi Shmuel says that on Yom HaDin, on the day of, of reckoning, Hashem will ask, you know, okay, so I see that you know Chumash, but what about Mishnah? And if he doesn't know Mishnah, Hashem will turn his face away and allow Gehenim to overtake this man, allow hell to basically overtake him. And so too, even if this person knows a few Siddharim of Mishnah, then Hashem will ask, well, why didn't you learn all of the Halachos? And if the person even knows all the Halachos, then Hashem will ask, well, why didn't you know Torah's Kohanim? If he knows all of Torah's Kohanim, well, why didn't you know Chumash? If he knows all of Chumash, well, why didn't you know Agada? If he knows all of Agada, why didn't you know Talmud? If you know all of Talmud, then why didn't you learn about how what exactly the Merkava, the chariot of God, looks like? So basically, the amount of learning you could do is endless. And wherever you stop, there's always more to learn. Now, um, and you'll be questioned on that. Now, the Chavetz Chaim says, woe to us that we don't keep our kids learning beyond even a little Chumash. And again, this has largely changed today, that in today's day and age, a lot of kids do know a lot more than they used to. But especially in the Chavetz Chaim's time, they would only learn maybe a little bit of Chumash, a little bit of the stories. And even in that story, um, the most basic person knew Chumash. So he says, at least know, you know, we don't even know Chumash today. In Yeridea, the Chavetz Chaim says that... Uh, Chavetz Chaim quotes Yeridea that says, if a father has the resources, it's a mitzvah to teach his son Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, Gadita. So you might think, well, I don't have the resources, so I don't have to teach my son that. However, the Chavetz Chaim says, you don't have the resources really because for any other business venture, you would do anything to support your son. You would go to great lengths to try to find ways to support your son if it had to do with just a regular business venture. Um, or to save some property that your son had, you'd, you'd maybe even risk your life for it. However, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, getting resources to, to spend on learning Torah, somehow you don't have that, then he says that's inconsistent. 
Um, in Midrash Esther Rabbah, it says that you work your entire day without being tired, but when it comes to davening, you're tired. So he says, you know, how are you spending your day? How are you spending your money, your resources, your time? That if you have time and resources to spend on other things, then you're going to be questioned, well, why didn't you have time to spend it on davening, on learning, etc.? Now, in Beit 16a, it says there's going to be income, your income for the years determined between the time period between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, except with the exception of money spent um, for honoring Shabbos, and in addition, um, teaching your kids Torah. So the Chavetz Chaim says that, quoting Beit 16a, that any money that you spend on on Shabbos or teaching your kids Torah, that money is not basically taken out of your wallet on, for, you know, the that's not included in the predetermined income that you have for the year that you could spend, you could keep spending on Shabbos and on teaching your kids Torah, and that doesn't impact your sort of allotted income that you got from the year, so to speak, from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, if you hold back on educating your, kid, your kids, you'll end up having less income because that income wasn't counted to begin with. Now, in Kedushin 30a, it says anyone that teaches his son Torah, it's as if he got Torah directly from Har Sinai. Why? Because in Devarim it says, make this Torah known to your kids and your kids' kids. And um, and on that, and then the very next Pasuk says, on that day, you stood before Hashem on Har Sinai. So uh, basically, those two are connected. That when you teach your kids Torah, it's as if you stood before Hashem on Har Sinai. Now, lengthen your days. Uh, also, learning the Torah lengthen, lengthens your days. Lama an yirbu yamechem via me venechem that um you know lengthen your days and the days of your sons by learning torah now in tan Yahu zuta it says even an ama aretz even an ignorant person that is that educates his children in torah his children will rescue him from any sins that he did from any disgrace um from the judgment that he gets in Gehenim in, in hell so uh, this to story to illustrate this is midrash in rus that rebbe zamira went to kvar ono and he saw a certain volcano there with lava erupting. And he also, he heard voices coming out of the ground. So an Arab came to him and the Arab said, come with me, I'll show you all the wondrous things that are in the world. So he went to, he went with the Arab and he saw other volcanoes and he heard more voices and he heard one voice saying, oy vey, oy vey. And then this man was then swallowed up into a deep flaming hole. So Rabbi Zemira fell asleep and he saw this man that was swallowed up in the fire and he, in, in the flaming fire, and he, he saw this man in his dreams, and he asked the man, who are you? So the man said, well, I'm a wicked Jew, and, and I did every single sin that was in the book. I did every sin, sin you could think of. So he said, well, okay, well, what's your name? And the man said, I don't know. Those that are punished in Gehenna, they can't remember their name. And I said that basically your name is a sign of your identity. Do you have an identity? If you don't have an identity, then you're not going to be protected from, you know, the, the most important thing is to have an identity, to have something that you rely on. Namely, that's the that's the Torah. So he says, where are you from? Um, he says, I'm from the Galilee. I was a, I was a butcher. So he says, okay, well, um, and, and, and he also says, I'm judged three times a day, three, sorry, six times a day, three times in the morning, three times at night. So the man says, so, so Reb Zmira says, did you have any sons? So the man responded, I did have a son. So Reb Zmira went to the Galilee and he saw a boy there quoting a Pasuk in Mishle. And he asked that boy if he knew of the wicked man. So the kid said, the boy said, yes, I do know that wicked man. And in fact, that man had a son and that son still lives here. And the son's just as bad as the father is. So Reb Zmira, he found the son, and Reb Zmira taught that that son, he's taught him Torah, he taught him how to know Tanakh, he taught him how to daven the Shemona Esrei, how to say Kriyat Shema, 
Then eventually he taught him Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, Gadita, till the son became very wise. He even became a rabbi, the son. The son was known as Rabbi Nachum Hapakuli, which is a reference to Paku Palilia, meaning uh, to pull out a criminal because he pulled out his father, who was a criminal, from the depths of, uh, from the depths of despair. Now, uh, Rabbi Zmira fell asleep, uh, had another dream, and the dad came back to him and said, that you, and, and, thanked, and thanked Rabbi Zmira for, for rehabilitating his son, because he said, every time that my, once my son knew how to say Kriyachma, then they took me from judgment every six, six, you know, judge, six rounds of judgment every day. And then in when once he went to the yeshiva, they took the dad entirely away from Gehenna, entirely away from sort of this purgatory. And then once the man became, uh, once his son became a rabbi, they gave the dad a kisei hakavod, a seat of honor in Gan Eden. And then each chidosh that the man learned, they gave him um, a new crown, the dad a new crown. And he said, praised is a person that teaches a child to toil in Torah. Now, in Tana Eliyahu, a similar story. So, um, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he saw a dead man that was collecting wood. So, the dead man said to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, this wood that I'm collecting, it's because I sinned. The wood I'm collecting is going to burn my friend who also sinned with me. And the wood that my friend is collecting, that's going to come and burn me. So, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, he found this man's son, and he taught his son, who was five years old, to say, Baruchu, at Hashem HaMavorech, and once the son was able to say it, was able to understand it, then the dad was released. In Midas Adin, the, the, the Midah of Judgment, will ask God, why do you look so favorably at the Jewish people? Because you're a God that shows no favoritism. So God responds back, well, it's because they gather in groups to learn Torah, and they also pay people, other people, to teach them Torah. In, Zohar, in the Zohar, it says um, that an announcement will be heard all throughout the heavens of a person who took their kids away from learning Torah. That person's going to be lost in this world and in the next world. Specifically, um, the Chavaz Chaim says, specifically the kids that are taken away from Torah just even after their bar mitzvah. They don't have enough time to develop sort of some of the deeper senses of Torah. Their, their Torahs always will be at an elementary level. Now the Chavaz Chaim says, a person will rationalize, will say, my son's not going to be some kind of great rabbi. Why should I even teach him? But this implies, it's a terrible implication, it implies that if your son isn't a rabbi, then there's no reason to serve God. There's no reason to do the mitzvahs correctly. Uh, the Torah illuminates, and without it, you're like a blind person in a world full of traps, and you're confused by what are the mitzvahs, what are the sins. Even the mitzvahs, you don't perform them correctly. For example, to fill in, are your boxes square? Are the straps completely black? Is the, is the, is the shell rosh? Um, behind the hairline is the shell yad, too low on the bicep. For Kriyat Shema, are you thinking about God's sovereignty? Are the words precise? Is it said at the right time? All these different aspects of performing the different mitzvot. And you, the only way to know that is by learning it. Um, and uh, in, in Midrash Vayikra Rabbah, it says, when a person will get the reward for the Torah that he learned and for the mitzvahs that he did, they'll ask him, well, how did you perform each mitzvah? And every mistake he made, he'll realize, oh, I was ignorant in this way and that way. Now, in Menachos 37b, it says, just like the tefillin shell rosh are worn at the high point of the head, so too the tefillin shell yad are also worn at the high point of the arm. Um, and the box of the shell rosh should be entirely behind your hairline, and the Chavetz Chaim says of the shell yad, that, that your sleeve can push down sometimes 
on the on the shell yad and push the tefillin below where they should be. And the Chavaz Chaim also says, too big of boxes are a bad thing. If you wear too big of boxes, then it's hard to wear them correctly. It's hard to wear them totally behind the hairline. In prior generations, all the, you know, the people taught their kids Torah, even if they didn't have the resources. And they didn't expect their sons to all be rabbis. And the proof for that is in Midrash Kohelet, it says that a thousand people go to the base Midrash and only a hundred of those children master Mishnah. Only 10 of those children master Gemara. One of them is called, and only one out of a thousand, only one out of a thousand is called an ish, is called a guttle. So the reason you're sending your kid to to be one of those thousand is not to be the guttle. No, even if you're one of the 90, 999, it's still worth going. Even if you're the worst person, it's still worth going, because at least that person, the Chavaz Chaim says, will learn a little bit of Mishnah, will learn a little Gemara, and that's wonderful, the Chavaz Chaim says. He says, don't underestimate even just a little bit. He says that person will likely set you know, Kavua times, established times to learn, at least on Shabbat. And the Chavetz Chaim says the beauty of learning is that even without the land of Israel, which the Chavetz Chaim spoke, uh, you know, a time where Israel wasn't established. So even without the, the time of Israel, um, people still practiced Judaism. And uh, and it's because of the, of the Gemara, of learning. And it's cruel not to teach your children. Don't think you're doing some kind of kindness by not teaching them. It's actually cruel to them not to teach them. Um, now it's as if, if you don't teach your children Torah, it's as if you bury them because that it lengthens their days. So if you don't teach them, then their days won't be lengthened. But if you're in, if, uh, you have kids that still depend on you as a father, then the father should teach them Torah until they're independent. Shabbos 32b, it says children will die because of the neglect of Torah. However, the Chavetz Chaim ends the chapter by saying the opposite. It's also true that by learning Torah, then you're able to support your your kids' Torah, your kids' life, and your own life. Now, to read my poem, don't neglect Torah, heaven forbid. Be sure to teach it to your kids. The effort spent in Torah is well worth the return, so get started because there's always more to learn. And with that, this has been Shmer Lashon, Shara Torah, uh, Perak Sayin, and Alechem Lechem.